Hey, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. Today is uh, Wednesday, November 13th, 2019. Yeah, Wednesday, November 13th. I remember the date. That's amazing. I am your host, Quentin, a.k.a. Q-Dog, a.k.a. the Pop-Tart King of the South. Now that the holidays are coming around, I've been relying on the s'mores Pop-Tart, the chocolatey, gooey filling on the inside in the microwave, if you can cook it. In the microwave, you want to put that bad boy in there for about 18 seconds. But first and foremost, you want to make sure that that plate is thoroughly microwave safe. And to be honest with you, if you're going to cook a Pop-Tart in the microwave, which you should, right, you should definitely do it on a paper towel. That's the best way it is, right? Like, yeah, I'm a little white trash, right? Did I live in a trailer for the first few years of my life? Absolutely. But like people look at that as a white trash thing, but honestly, it's like sort of eclectic. Like I'm just from a different area than you folks are out there, right? I like Miracle Whip. I like Miracle Whip better than Hellman's. And to be honest with you, it's not even close. I love bagel bites, to be honest with you. And if I went to a fancy restaurant and they had bagel bites as an appetizer, I would absolutely get it. And I like my Pop-Tarts cooked on a paper towel. So sue me. It's a free country. So how about that? Um, I'm excited for the podcast, right? It's, I got to tell you, though, I just, um, I've decorated the studio with Christmas lights. And I'm super excited for that. It's been decorated for about the last five days. And I don't think that's too early. There are some folks, and I apologize ahead of time. Courtney is out of town. So it's just going to be me on the podcast again. And if I get out of breath and you hear like a weird pause, I'm just in the background going, uh, uh, because I'm out of breath all the time. And it's not because I'm just ranting by myself. I'm just out of breath, you know, stairs, walking to the bathroom, lifting like anything up off the ground. I went to the gym. I've already been to the gym two days this week. And I feel like I've been in a heavy car accident. Like maybe my Honda Civic's been hit with a semi truck. I feel like I've got shaken baby syndrome and someone just shook me really hard for a long time. I ache. I just ache. There's not enough Tylenol to take in the world, right? Folks talk about like CBD oil curing like aches and pains. Like that's not a heavy enough drug for me. Like I think I just need a good methamphetamine to cure my aches and pains. Does anyone of anyone that's got a good trailer park meth factory? I could probably use some to help me out. Uh, that's for entertainment purposes only. I'm not really going to do meth. But if you know anyone, let me know. <laughs> but there's to me, I can tell you this. To me, it's never too early to put up Christmas lights. At, you know, not at all. My thought philosophy is this. Halloween night, the 31st, you go out, you go TPing and vandalizing and get your stuff done. Come in for the night, watch Halloween 1 and 2, the originals, not the Rob Zombie ones. And then the second that clock hits midnight, and it's November 1st, (laughs) I feel like Ric Flair, then you can put up your Christmas stuff. And that's how I stand. Now, when I do my Christmas lights, number one, they've got to be colored Christmas lights, right? I want my house to look like 1980. And when I say color Christmas lights, I also want the C9 bulbs, the really big light bulbs. You know, like the ones that if you touch them, your finger will blister up because they get so hot. Yeah, I want a fire hazard for my Christmas lights. If there's not a slight chance that my house is going to burn down, what the hell are we doing here for Christmas? (laughs) You know what I mean? 
don't give me an LED bulb. I'm not looking to save the environment. I'm just trying to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus. And if a few polar bears die along the way because of global warming, then so be it. I want my <laughs> I want my heavy duty lights. I do. And yeah, I'd have them up till July if I could. But that's what I've got in the studio. I've got big glass bulbs of the C9 variety. I know my electric bill is just going to skyrocket. I don't know what I'll tell my wife when she sees the electric bill. I want to actually decorate the whole outside of the house with C9 bulbs. Now this, oh, this is a tricky proposition, right? Because my wife, she's fancy. You know, she she's not a Miracle Whip girl. She's a Hellman's Mayonnaise girl. So if that tells you how fancy she is, right? I don't know if she's ever been in a trailer, right? She can't step in my shoes. She's never even been arrested, right? But I have. So it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you're better than me. I get it. <laughs> she's not. She's the best. But she does like color or she likes clear Christmas lights. And I'm, I'm, I'm morally, ethically, and religiously against the clear Christmas light because, listen, I, I love a beer garden just like anybody else, right? I love to get hammered. When people ask me how much I drink, my answer is to the upper end of social, right? So I'm not borderline an alcoholic, but I haven't crossed that line yet. But I like to have a good time, and I'll black out with my next of kin or my best of friends or just someone I know a little bit. It's really okay. and But like a clear Christmas light really just screams beer garden. I don't know... When I see people with clear Christmas lights, I'm like, are you celebrating the risen savior or do you just want to sit on your back porch and drink Miller lights? Like I, I get drunk on Christmas. Like I get it, but I just like, are you about, are you about that life or not? You know? And then led bulbs, like they're good for the environment. They don't even burn hot. It's just sort of like, come on, you know, I just, you know, it's gotta be like, these lights have to pull so much power when I plug them into the outlet. I smell a little bit of sulfur and ozone. It's just sort of like, that might be bad, but let's just let it rip. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, you know, I'm about it. I watched, holy crap, this is going to be a long introduction. So, if you make it through it, so be it. But last night, I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for the first time this year. Not for the first time. Oh, no. That. That might be, people always talk about A Christmas Story being the best Christmas movie, but can we talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation getting in this mix? So many, so many good parts about this, and <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Last night, when I got to the shitter's full part, I watched it like six or seven times. I just had to keep rewinding it where the brown sludge is coming out, and then Cousin Eddie just waves gloriously at Clark in the window. He's <laughs> Not only is this like 7 a.m., Cousin Eddie's outside with a cigar and a beer, <laughs> chugging it, burping, and then he just waves at Clark and goes, Shitter was full! <laughs> I think those are, that's just the greatest quote ever. Like, I have a dream and shitter was full. <laughs> those are, like, great quotes. And, like, play ball, right? <laughs> like, put those in there. Um, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, all that stuff, and then shitter was full. Like, any great quote you can think of, is like amazing and shitter was full is right in that mix of it you know and then when the ritzy neighbors pull up he not only yells shitter was full but he also yells merry christmas so when the other neighbors you know the snooty neighbors they they get out of their car and he goes merry christmas shitter was full and it's it's great you know and 
it's not very environmentally friendly, but I think it's a it's a great scene of just the joys of Christmas, but also, you know, making sure that everything is sanitary. And then, but also, I promise we're like at eight minutes. I'm going to get into some baseball too. But one of the best quotes of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation that doesn't get talked about enough, and it's it might be my favorite of the movie outside of Shitter Was Full. Okay. They're going. They're about to sled. And Clark, he's got the uh, the spray that goes on the bottom that's like 5,000 times slicker than the best, like, nonstick surface, right? And Cousin Eddie goes, Clark's like, you want some of this, Eddie? And Eddie goes, nope, don't want any of that. He goes, Clark, you know that metal plate? You know that metal plate I got in my head? And Clark's like, yeah. And Eddie goes, well, that metal plate I had in my head, they had to replace it with a plastic one. Because every time the microwave revved up, I'd piss myself and forget who I was for a half hour or so. <laughs> and that is, that's a phenomenal quote right there. And it's one of the best in the movie. I'll tell you that right now. So let's shoot. We got to get to some show. I'm going to play some intro music for you. Turn it up real loud if anyone's next to you. Roll the windows down a little bit and I'm going to play that intro now. All right, let's get to some baseball. Like I said, Courtney is out of town, so it's just going to be me huffing and puffing through here. It's, it's been a pretty exciting week. I've Every night she's been gone this week, I've peed in the front yard at least once. I do wait until the evening because I do not want a sex offender charge. And I've eaten fish sticks and macaroni and cheese, which if you don't know is one of the best meals that you can have ever. I remember being a kid. And get down on those fish sticks with mac and cheese. My mom will make homemade mac and cheese, but she will cook the Gordon's fish sticks in the yellow box. And I remember coming home from school and seeing that yellow box on the counter and just being like, mmm, cook it up. Because, man, I love some fish sticks and mac and cheese and tartar sauce made with Miracle Whip because I'm fancy. Okay, so there's, wow, there is some stuff going on in Major League Baseball just when I thought. The offseason was going to be boring. Mike Fires decides to tell the whole world that the Astros were stealing signs via a camera in center field. And they were relaying the message by, of all very high-tech methods, banging a trash can behind the dugout, which is awesome. And I, I could just see this. I mean, it was really an ingenious situation. It was sort of like Kevin McAllister on Home Alone, like rigging up all this stuff to stop the wet bandits from like capturing him and robbing the house. And I don't even know how this got up, but apparently there are some inside sources that they're not naming names because they're speaking on condition of anonymity because snitches get stitches and they ain't no narc. But Mike Fires is a narc and he doesn't really give a shit. And Mike Fires was like, listen, after I left Houston, I went to the Detroit Tigers and now I'm for the Oakland Athletics. And I told my teammates when we would play the Astros that those guys were stealing signs with a camera out in center field so we could be prepared. So, like, I get that, right? You got to do what you got to do. So, but this anonymous source that 
either is with the Astros or used to be, said that this whole thing was put together by two uniformed players. One was a hitter and the other was a coach and they just got together and apparently the hitter this particular Astros hitter was like in a slump and he's like hey man he went to his coach a uniformed coach right and I I make the distinction that these are uniformed players because in 2017 the Astros had this dude named Kyle Kyle McLaughlin not related to Sarah McLaughlin off the ASPS PCA commercials or whatever they are which really touched my heart I want to adopt every animal but oh, good old Kyle, it was a non-uniform dude, right? And there's always been, you know, rumors of just folks throughout the years being non-uniform dudes just sitting in the bleachers and, like, somehow relaying signs to their team. Well, these two uniform guys, you know, the hitter was just like, hey, man, I'm hitting like shit. And the coach is like, oh, that sucks. And the hitter's like, hey, man, the old team I used to play for, like, we used to steal signs. You think you could help me do that? And then the coach is like, yeah, I know a guy that's in the video department, so let's go talk to him. And basically what they decided was is, hey, man, if you could put that center field camera on the catcher, I'll sit behind the dugout and I'll bang the trash can with my baseball bat if it's an off-speed pitch. So there's this guy on Twitter named John Boy who posts these really funny videos, and he recorded the video with some really good audio that shows Danny Farquhar of the Chicago White Sox pitching against uh, Astro hitter, I think maybe Evan Gaddis. And every off-speed pitch that the catcher puts down, you can hear a huge banging in the background because some jackass is in behind the dugout banging the shit out of a trash can because the guy in center field is recording there's apparently a monitor by the trash can and then whoever's due up in line just gets to bang the shit out of the trash can to let him know it's an off-speed pitch this is great man i mean me and my friends used to shoplift at target back in the day and we would still like sweet breath and then go to the skating rink and try to couple skate with girls and that was a hell of an operation but this shit is great (laughs) so so that was pretty much it man and you know, Mike Fires was like, listen, we need to be always on the lookout for subterfuge at Minute Maid Park because they're banging on trash cans, they're whistling, they're clapping, they're using videos, and they were stealing signs in real time, which is phenomenal. And this raises a, a lot of questions, right? Because, and this is, oh God, I'm getting out of breath. Holy shit. I'm going to have to change my podcast to explicit, dude, either because of my heavy breathing or my swearing. Uh, And uh, so there are a few things to consider here, right? So we do know that the Houston Astros, they have been asked about these electronic signs previously. And Jeff Lunau, who is the the GM of the team, and A.J. Hinch have both stated that, hey, we don't steal signs. And even the Yankees, right, in this postseason, the New York Yankees were like, hey, man, we heard a lot of whistling. And we're going to tell MLB about it. And A.J. Hinch was like, you mean the Yankees are mad at us because we're whistling and they think we're stealing signs? A.J. Hinch was verbatim, that's a joke, right? And then all of this stuff comes out. And one of the big things about all this, so MLB's investigating the whole thing, okay? MLB's like, oh, we've been made aware of this. We read The Athletic, too. We pay the stupid subscription charge, even though we should get it for free because there are enough ads in the world. I think everything should be for free. For God's sake, if I have to tune to another MLB podcast and hear a Roman ad for guys that can't get erections, I'm going to blow my brains out. Like, stop with the erections, dude. Like, just do another ad. Gosh, 
That's all they are is Roman ads for erections and during any major league sporting event. But you know what? The sad part about all the erection ads for Roman is they really have their target zeroed in on because the only people that watch baseball these days are old white farts who probably can't get erections anyway, dude. And that also is sort of an unfortunate situation because with baseball's dwindling audience problem, the big news of the offseason isn't, you know, who's going to sign where and who might get traded. Right now, the biggest story of the offseason is stealing signs. It's sort of Major League Baseball's biggest stories are like the cover of a National Enquirer that's like Donald Trump gets caught with transvestite hooker that's part giraffe and part bear. And it's just like, okay, you know, whatever. Like that might or might not be fake news. We don't really know. And, you know, that's sort of what's happening with baseball right now. And, you know, the Cy Young Awards were just announced like an hour ago. Jacob deGrom got it for the National League, well-deserving. Justin Verlander beat out Garrett Cole, which was pretty surprising. Their stats were pretty equal, but Garrett Cole had a lot more strikeouts, so we thought he would get it. But, you know, JV dominated. But needless to say, there are big awards that are being handed out this offseason. You know, we've seen gold gloves and platinum gloves. The Cy Young dudes got awarded tonight. The MVPs are going to be awarded tomorrow. But the biggest news is sort of this sign-stealing stuff. So I... This is something, you know, I'll for sure have to explore. But I already had my buddy Cody Nations, man, good good, uh, good sports guy. I mean, he's a big Red Sox fan. He's a good dude. He had, you know, actually, I'll read the text messages. Because, so I've been thinking about this a, a little bit today. And he texts me today. And he asked me, he goes, hey, man. It, he goes, give me a quick yes or no. Do you think every club in baseball tries to steal signs? Right? Okay. And my response to that was every team in Major League Baseball decodes signs. So if they've got a runner on second or maybe a third or first base coach might try to take a glimpse in to see what they can figure out with like hand motions, where the catcher's moving, like preparing for the pitch to come in. Every single person on that field is trying to decode a sign that the catcher puts down, right? Now, there are some hitters that prefer not to know what's coming, and that's fine. But there are some hitters that want to know what's coming, you know what I mean? So they can try to hit it a little better. So decoding signs, that's definitely one thing. So I'll put, if you want to try to de decode signs, that's sort of just like looking at the picture, the pitcher's mannerisms, how he's moving his glove, the signs that are put down, so on and so forth. And to me, I, I, I'm 100% I'm sold that there's 100% nothing wrong with that. Because the pitcher is trying to deceive the hitter, and the hitter needs to figure out what's going on, right? So this is a big game of deception, and it really is part of the game to figure out what's going on. Now, to get back to Cody's question on does every team do this, where I'm sort of up in the air on, and I think that's where everyone is in this situation right now is, hey, how many teams are stealing signs electronically, Okay, now my initial thought, again, this is going to be something that's going to be talked about and unpacked probably over the whole entire offseason, but my initial response is I don't think everybody is trying to steal signs electronically, and I think there are probably very few teams doing what the Astros are being accused of doing, which is putting a fancy camera out in center field and trying to zoom in on the catcher's crotch, okay? There are a lot of teams that are probably doing that, and the reason why I think that is because it seems to be initially 
A lot of Major League Baseball players are pissed off about this. Mike Fires is obviously pissed off about it. Danny Farquhar, he's the pitcher for the White Sox who had a brain aneurysm last season, right? Remember that guy? He's now a he's a high A minor league coach, good dude. But the video that that John Boy cat on Twitter posted has Danny Farquhar pitching, and he even found it like he was said he said he was very upset. Danny Farquhar was pissed that he heard that trash can banging. Every time his catcher put down an off-speed pitch, and obviously everyone knew there was a camera out in center field, right? And even Aaron Judge, I believe, responded to this on Twitter with a tweet that said, wait, what? You know what I mean? And that sort of signifies to me like, hey, a lot of it seems to be that the Major League Baseball players that have hinted at anything so far are very much not okay with this. You know, so that tells me right now that initial question of are there a lot of teams electronically stealing signs, i.e. putting a camera in center field and zooming in on the catcher? No, I don't believe so right now because players are getting super pissed off right now. And I'll sort of compare it to performance enhancing drugs right now. Like if a guy like Robinson Cano fails a drug test or whatever, there aren't a lot of Major League Baseball players that are publicly in arms over it. Because I believe it's assumed at this highest level of athletics that most everybody's taken a little something. And if you get popped on a drug test, you've sort of just mistimed your half-life on your compound, okay? So baseball players seemingly right now are sort of getting madder about electronic sign stealing than they are performance-enhancing drugs. And again, that tells me that most everybody thinks that everyone else has taken a little something to enhance their performance, and we're sort of cool with that. But the electronic sign stealing, whoa, we're not cool with that. And that tells me that not everyone's doing it. And that rage probably comes from, oh, this just ain't a level playing field right now. Like, we're trying to win World Series and get into postseason games here, and this is happening? We got a problem right now. Now, an interesting thing here is when you talk about the level playing field stealing signs and things like that. It brings up the question of, is there an accepted way of stealing signs? And this is usually where people, this is where people will stop becoming friends and really argue hardcore on Twitter right now. Because in one hand, you want to say, well, if only like the Astros and the Brewers who have been named as Quite good thiever, quite good thieves in electronic sign stealing. So the thievery and electronics they're good at, but the Astros we're talking about now. But let's say maybe you know only a few teams in baseball are doing it, then everyone else is going to be pissed off, right? Are they mad because they feel like that they're being cheated, or are they may be mad because their team's not doing it, right? What defines what is an accepted way to steal signs, right? And Folks will say, well, you can't steal signs electronically. Well, why the hell not can't I steal signs electronically, right? So, like, your team should just have better signs. Like, if your signs are that easily decoded because of the camera that I have, because I can see it, like, one camp will say, well, you guys should have known better, right? If we look at Game 5 of the American League Division Series with the Rays and the Houston Astros, right? That was played in Houston at Minute Maid Park where 
Houston is thought to have gained this unfair advantage because they can only have their center field camera at home at Minute Maid Park. And that first inning, Tyler Glass now got rocked. Like the first six hitters got on base because the Astros knew exactly what pitch was coming from Tyler Glass now because they had a center field camera. I would say that's just about 95% certain. There's a small camp, I think, after that game. Tyler Glass now and the coaches said that Tyler was tipping his pitches. But, I mean, he probably thinks he was tipping his pitches, but the Astros knew it was coming, right? And so what I'm trying to explain here is, is there an acceptable way to steal signs? What makes one way good and another way bad? Right? Are we looking at this right now going, well, you can't steal signs electronically. Well, why can't I do that? Well, because it's an unfair advantage. Why is it an unfair advantage? Because not everyone's doing it. Okay. Okay. So is it just an inappropriate way to steal signs because not everyone's doing it? Why isn't everyone doing it? Because maybe everyone's not smart enough to do it. Maybe everyone's not innovative enough to do it. So just because the Astros are smarter at stealing signs, does that mean that they're cheaters? Because they're not doing it the old-fashioned way, right? Like, just because they figured out, like, how to use technology, like, you want to be mad at them? I, right now, as I say that, and the words come out of my mouth for the first time on the podcast, I put the blame on the Tampa Bay Rays for getting rocked in the first inning. You know that it's been known for like two or three years that the Astros have been doing some crazy stuff to steal signs. You have got to come into these games with multiple signs. Be better at putting down your signs. End of story. And right, like th- that to me like has to happen. So if I'm an athlete and I'm a Yankee or I'm a Tampa Bay Ray, there's no way I sit in my dugout and get pissed because I say the Astros are cheating. Because what am I trying to do in my own clubhouse? I'm trying to steal signs. But because the Astros use technology to do it, I should have either one, thought of that first, or two, like triple layered my signs, right? My buddy Cody also asked me, he said, well, what do you think, do you think the Astros will be punished? And I told Cody, I said, I absolutely do not think the Astros should be published. Now, I'm telling you this right now with the facts that I have, right? But I'm telling you right now, I don't believe the Astros should be punished for what they've done. If MLB does anything, they might take away a few later round draft picks and some international pool money, which is fine because MLB, even when the Astros stole signs, in 2017 during the World Series or that whole damn season, which it's that's when these allegations from Mike Fires and Danny Farquhar were of the Astros stealing signs in 2017, which is the year they won the World Series. I don't think that the Astros should be punished. I don't think they should have their World Series revoked at all. And, you know, that's when this sort of thing was happening. So because it had been going on for so long, teams should have known. Teams should have done better. And if... To be honest with you, if teams weren't aware on how good the Astros were at stealing signs, they weren't doing their job. This is the highest level of competition. Everyone's trying to find an edge and everyone's trying to win. I don't think Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman are cheaters, but I have a very, very, like, 
I have a different opinion than most people do on the whole like cheating in baseball thing. Like I don't look at Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa is cheating. Yeah, they took steroids, which were illegal, and like Babe Ruth and Willie Mays and Roger Maris didn't take steroids, right? Like I get it, okay? But what I'm telling you, so I'm not sitting here trying to have the conversation of Hank Aaron's records versus Barry Bonds' records, but I'm saying in the era that they played in, because baseball's full of different eras, and just like, you know, trying to compare Michael Jordan to Bill Russell or whomever, it's like, that's that's hard to do because people play in different eras and they build on what's previously been done. And that envelope's always going to get pushed, pushed further. Whether we're stealing signs, taking steroids or not, guys are just going to get better, right? But I've never looked at those steroid era guys as cheater because cheating, I've never looked at them as cheaters because they were playing within the accepted rules of the game, i.e. MLB let it happen. You know that those guys were juiced up, right? And it's sort of like, Major League Baseball sort of known since 2017 that the Astros and maybe a few other teams were doing some wild stuff with electronics, right? But, like, they didn't do anything about it. And the truth of it is, sign stealing is an accepted part of the game. Sign stealing. But how are you going to tell me that there's an appropriate way to steal signs? I don't think I agree with that statement that you have to steal signs like this, but you can't do it like that. Now, granted... Where I'm wrong on that is, per the rule book, you cannot use electronic devices to steal signs, and that's what's going to get Houston in trouble. But like uh, from from a competitive level, do I think Houston Astros? Do I think they're cheaters or should have their like World Series? They absolutely should never have their World Series revoked, whether I'm in a good mood or bad mood or not. But right when it comes to debating sports. I don't know about you guys listening to this, but I'll think one thing one day and be so sure of it, and then the next day I'm like, well, maybe that's not what I really think. So the only thing I can go off of right now is how I feel and what I've read so far, and so this is obviously susceptible to change, and I'm just using the facts that I have with what I know about it, right? I work a full-time job. I can't sit around and read baseball 24-7, right? I'm probably just as ill-informed as you, so if you're listening to this podcast, welcome to the damn train wreck, right? But... I like don't tell me that there's an accepted way to steal signs, right? Truth be told, if you ask any athlete, they'll tell you they should have known better. It was like remember when Max Scherzer almost had that perfect game and the last batter came up and Max Scherzer threw a pitch inside and it hit the batter. I think the Nationals were playing the Pirates. Yeah, so Max Scherzer's got a perfect game going, 8 and 2 thirds inning. He hits the he hits batter 27. And batter 27 leaned into it and took the hit to get on base, right? But what did Max Scherzer say post-game? He goes, that's my fault. I shouldn't have thrown that pitch inside. I should have known better. And as an athlete, I feel like to have any sort of success in Major League Baseball or any sport for that matter, you can't sit back and say, well, they cheated or they don't do it the right way and I'm playing the right way. You've got to take accountability for one, what you do as an athlete. And two, what you're prepared for on the field. If you think guys could steal signs electronically, then you have to prepare for that. And if you don't know that that's a possibility, you've got to do better. (laughs) You absolutely do. You just do. I mean, you have to think about this stuff. I mean, the Red Sox were sort of implicated for using Apple Watches in 2017. I mean, as soon as this stuff's on, man, to be to be one of the greatest athletes in any sport, you have got to stay ahead of the curve. So I love you, Darvish, and he got rocked in 2017 by the Astros, right? Game three was at Minute Maid Park, and they hammered him. 
But game seven was at Dodger Stadium, and the Astros also rocked him. You know what I mean? But And then, like, Tyler Glass now got rocked, right? you got to know better than that. What happened when the Houston Astros played the Washington Nationals in this past World Series? The Washington Nationals used a system of signs that they had not used all season long. And that's one of the reasons why that the Nationals won the World Series, because they were ahead of the curve, because they were thinking ahead, because they were well-prepared. And in this day and age where everything is so technical and we've got data and we've got all these electronics, oftentimes it's not enough just to be the best physically gifted athlete. You've got to be the smartest and you've got to anticipate things that may only have a 1% chance of winning and you've got to know things that other folks don't know. And essentially that's what the Nationals did to win the World Series, but that's sort of what the Astros did in their sign-stealing thing, okay? Now, and I'm about to wrap this up and go to some other stuff. (laughs) Do I want my team doing this? I don't think so. If the Cubs had done this, I'd probably be pretty pissed. And if this had happened to the Cubs, I would be super mad. So if you go to Twitter, Los Angeles Dodgers fans from 2017, they're pretty irate. And if the Nationals had lost this World Series, like they would be super irate. And I, I totally get what they're saying because it's, I mean, it's in the rule book. You can't use electronic devices to steal signs. And it's been illegal. It was illegal in 2017, and it's illegal now. And, I mean, I don't think Major League Baseball would ever strip the World Series away from the Astros. But, damn, if you can prove cheating, right? So, in that year, three of those games were played at Minute Maid Park because the Dodgers had home field advantage. If you can prove some stuff like that, I mean, do I think there's a chance that we could see something unprecedented? I mean, what they do to the the you know the Black Sox scandal in 1919, right? Is do I think this is anything that could happen that would be completely drastic? I mean, I think it would be hard to prove, but there's a there's definitely a lot of video evidence out there right now. But the investigation's going on, MLB's a part of it, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's wrap this show up with some news around the league. On Saturday, the Nationals celebrated their first World Series in franchise history with a parade through the heart of Washington, D.C. After the parade on Monday, the Washington Nationals took their big World Series champion party bus and cruised it. They drove their World Series bus to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and drove up the main road and flaunted their World Series title in Philadelphia. So not only have they been rubbing this in Bryce Harper's face all season, the year Bryce Harper leaves, they did they win a World Series. They drove their damn bus all the way to Philly to flaunt, to flaunt what they had. And apparently this is a big thing. Apparently Philly's fans always flock to Washington, D.C. for Nationals games, so much so that Nationals Park has been nicknamed Citizens Park South because Citizens Park is the name of the Phillies stadium, right, where the Phillies play. So this is the ultimate power move. I think you have to assert your dominance in a division when you've been shown no respect. Bryce Harper said, I don't want to play for you anymore. I'm going to go to Philly and raise my family. You guys aren't good enough for me anymore. And then they won a World Series. I'm glad that they drove their big party bus through downtown Philly. I think, honestly, any team that wins a World Series should absolutely do this. I wish the Cubs would have done this in 16. I think the Red Sox should do this every year when the Yankees don't win. I mean, honestly, I feel like I just want the Cubs to go and taunt the Milwaukee Brewers every season just by cruising through town, and this is so good. It's about a a two-and-a-half-hour drive, well worth it. 
whoever that employee is that thought of this, give them a raise. But yeah, you know, you got to show your dominance in the division. You're the oldest team in the division. You've got to show you're a little young. And the Phillies did that. Apparently, all the news, I was listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast, and apparently, like, all the Washington Nationals players, like, ripped their shirts off. And Buster only had like a big debate on it. Like, oh, I didn't think they were going to do that. Bro, if I was on a Major League Baseball team and won the World Series, I would like run through the streets naked, like Frank the Tank off old school. And I'd be like, we're going streaking. And then once I got picked up by the cops, I would just be like, do you think KFC's still open? Like, that's what I would do if I won a World Series. Like, I would freak out. Honestly, when the Cubs won a World Series, I almost went streaking up and down my road. Man, you already know I'm peeing in the front yard, bro. Like, I will do this stuff, and I don't even care. Cheers to you, Washington Nationals. Stay strong. Keep doing what you're doing and assert your dominance, okay? Next on the list, Hunter Pence has tried a pumpkin spice latte. Apparently, Hunter Pence is a coffee guy. He's got his own coffee shop. Actually, Hunter Pence is a cool dude. He has a shop, whatever town he lives in. He has a place of business, and it's a coffee store and a board game store. And to me, that is excellent. All I want to do is get hopped up on caffeine and play sorry all damn day. Or what's the game where it's got like the bubble, where it's got the bubble in the middle and it's got the die in there and you push it down? That's sorry, right? Sorry is the best game. Sorry is a phenomenal board game. I wasn't much of a Monopoly player growing up because... That's a little too much of an intellectual game for me. Trouble. That's it. Sorry and trouble. Trouble's the game where it's got like the thing in the middle of it. Like it's a plastic half circle, half globe, and you push it and it like pops up and the dice goes. That's trouble. Trouble and sorry are the two best board games ever. And that's a great idea. I actually might call some friends and get hopped up. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do all post, all off season. I mean, I could probably rant long enough to talk baseball, but board games and jacked up caffeine? Bro, get in my guns. I'm in it, baby. Let's do it. But he reviewed the pumpkin spice latte drink and was like, I love a pumpkin spice latte. And he tried this cold pumpkin spice with some cold, with some cold claim on the top of it, some, some cold claim. And he loved it. And to me, man, I agree with Hunter Pence. I didn't know if I liked him as a baseball player, but I think he's a cool human because I love, I'm an unapologetic pumpkin spice lover. If it's a pumpkin spice flavor, I'm going to try it. Right, pumpkin spice cereal, pumpkin spice Cheerios, pumpkin spice Pop-Tarts, pumpkin spice corn dogs, pumpkin spice chocolate. Like, I don't care. Pumpkin spice beer, I'll drink them all. You ever thrown up pumpkin spice beer? I have, and it ain't that bad, right? It's good. I buy pumpkin spice stouts, and they're great. Well, give me pumpkin spice anything, name it. Pumpkin spice Miracle Whip, I'll take it. Pumpkin spice fish sticks, I'll take it. There's no end to what you could make pumpkin spice, and I wouldn't eat it. I would absolutely do it. Is, is without a question, without a question. If there's a cologne that's pumpkin spice, I'm going to spray a little bit behind each of my ears because that's where I sweat and my pheromones will come out. Pumpkin spice, baby. I love pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice reminds me of Halloween, baby. I love pumpkin flavored things. Drinking a pumpkin spice latte, it reminds me of vandalizing. When I was a kid, and this isn't a joke, in grade school, my mom would take me TPing. We would go TP people. We would vandalize people. I was vandalizing people in grade school, and it was one of the best times ever. You're outside, the cool fall air, 
rolling through your hair, the crunch of the leaves as you sneak in people's yards and throw toilet paper rolls as high as you can. We will go buy 100 to 150 rolls of toilet paper. My mom, she was a baller. She taught us just like Master Splinter taught the Ninja Turtles to be quiet. She taught us how to be quiet and go vandalize, right? Because my mom, my mom is always young at heart, bro. And so when I was in third or fourth grade, my mom was probably 30, dude. So that's six years younger than me. And she's way more fun than I am. And she would take us out because she liked to have a good time. We went one time, um, one of her friends, Alan, right? He was actually a family friend. He was out at a party for Halloween. And he left his trailer unmanned. And we went and TP'd his trailer. And it was one of the funnest TP trips ever. So much so that his drunk neighbors came out of their trailer, gave us a used toilet, and we put the toilet in his front yard while we TP'd his house. I'd never been so proud of my life. We had to run from the cops that night. There was booze involved. I think I was in sixth grade. Real, real weird times. But then I shit you not, I woke up at my house that next morning. My house was TP'd, and that same shitty toilet was in my yard. That's what pumpkin spice reminds me of. It reminds me of vandalizing. Reminds me of knocking over mailboxes. You ever knock over mailboxes with a shopping cart? That's what we would do. We would go to Toys R Us and steal shopping carts. And in southern Illinois, everything's rural. It's all country, baby. And we would go to Toys R Us and we would steal shopping carts from Toys R Us, hold them at the side of the truck, run 65 on back roads, and throw shopping carts into mailboxes, bro. It is a purely orgasmic experience. It's like taking ecstasy and acid at once, and you're just like, I know the meaning of life. I've just smashed the mailbox, and it's one of the greatest things in the world. Cheers to you, Hunter Pence. Miguel Cabrera has four years left in an eight-year contract, and if you've had him on your fantasy team any of the past few years, you know he sucks butt. He's not good. So Miguel Cabrera has hired a private chef this offseason, and the Tigers' owner, Al Avila, is very excited about Miggy being a better athlete, partially because he paid Miguel Cabrera like eight years and $240 million worth, which is very much overpriced. But also, so Al Avila in his comments about Miggy, he was like, yeah, we're pumped. Miguel's going to get in good shape. But we're also super excited. Uh, hold on. Let me read you the quote real quick. Let's get into this. Hold up. The Tigers owner goes, we're excited about Miguel Cabrera, and we're obviously excited about his diet. I mean, whose boss does that? Like, we're obviously excited about Miguel Cabrera's new diet plan because have you seen him? He's fat. He looks, Miguel Cabrera's like 37 years old, but he looks like a fat kid. You ever see that wife swap video on YouTube from like 10 years ago where it's got King Curtis on there and he loves chicken nuggets? And he's like, I love chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets is good for me. It's like, it's like she's the queen and we're the sorry people. Oh, you ain't throwing away my chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets is good for me. That's like Miguel Cabrera. He's basically the fat King Curtis on Wife Swap who all he wants to eat is chicken nuggets. Miguel Cabrera looks like he ate all the chicken nuggets in the world with sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's, which are some of my favorites. Also, on this day in 1988, Oral Hershiser became the first dude ever to win the Cy Young, the National League Championship Series MVP, and the World Series MVP in the same season. He was the first guy to do it, and really, he might be the only guy to do it. 1988 Cy Young, National League Championship Series, World Series MVP. Greatest show on dirt. We're done for the day. 
find us on social media. That way you can be at work and not do anything. We're on Twitter, Greatest on Dirt. We're on Facebook, Greatest on Dirt. And we're on Instagram, at Greatest Show on Dirt. Find us online. We post stuff of, like, I don't know, uh, Bo Jackson crack his bats over his knee. You ever seen that video? Yeah, we posted that. What about Randy Johnson when he kills the bird with a fastball? Uh, we got that too, right? So hit us up, like what we got, slide into our DMs, tell us what's up. We'll even send you from free stickers. We'll send you free stickers if you ask for them. All right, guys, that's it for the show. That's it. We're going to record probably this weekend when Courtney's back in town. We'll talk some more stuff. Well, um, I don't know what we'll talk about. We'll, we'll make up some stuff. Okay, we'll see you guys later. Bye.